absolutely a first date. You're like sussing out. You're like, like, are we gonna like vibes? We honestly wasted so much time. Would go in and like be ready to dig and look at everything. Coming at you live from my bedroom. Hi everyone, welcome back to Live from My Bedroom. I'm your host Jane, and today I'm joined by my friend and former housemate Natalie. Hello. So Nat, thanks for coming on my podcast. What is the craziest thing you've ever done or has ever happened to you? Okay. On New Year's Day, I decided slash was kind of talked into running an ultra marathon so i ran a 50 kilometer yeah 50 kilometers on new year's day so that was kind of crazy did you train yeah i've always enjoyed running and always been like pretty into running um and then i would say since the pandemic it's picked up quite a bit but definitely had not done anything like remotely near that level. Like this summer, I ran my first half marathon, which I was still pretty stoked about. Um, and then had kind of been like working on like those distances over the fall. I ended up like making a couple friends at school that I was running with, um, and they're both really good runners and really good distance runners. The idea was only pitched like probably three weeks before. <laughs> which is not a ton of time to actually train. So I can't say there was a lot of training. Oh my God. I can't say it was like peak performance. Um, but yeah, even like going into it. So I was kind of like, you know what? I'll up my mileage. What else am I going to do? It's not like I have a lot of else other things going on. So might as well kind of try. Um, so then I was also not really telling people because I was like, oh, I don't want to like say I'm going to do this and then like back out and like be a wimp. So I was kind of like a little bit just like thinking about it a lot, but wasn't really doing much about it. And yeah, even I'd say like morning of, I like was ready. I'd like done all my stuff. I had all my stuff. Um, I like had snacks and water packed. Like I had it all ready for, like to be out for the day. And I was still like, I'm probably gonna bail halfway through. It was just like, <laughs> it was just around the city. So it wasn't like I was like gonna be stranded on a mountain or anything. So there was like a couple of out points and I was kind of mapping it out. And I'm like, okay, like 20K, I can like, drop out like 30k and like my goal for the day was like run further than I ever had before um which was like yeah I think before I'd been like 22 or something um but then yeah just kind of kept going and I did it so yeah <laughs> that's incredible first off congratulations Thank you. I can't even fathom running that long <laughs> I've never run long distance yeah I think my longest kind of caps out at 10k do you bring a backpack with you with all your snacks are you running with belts like can you explain to me yeah. the equipment the setup what you do this is all brand new to me as well so i'm absolutely not the person to be talking about this but i will try my best um yeah so there's like uh the biggest thing with like ultra runners and stuff is these like little they're called like hydration packs so you've probably seen them they're like little tight backpacks that like kind of look like a vest there's like two little water bottles and then like a pack for snacks and like layers and whatever else in the back um so i was like lent one of those uh to be able to do it and yeah so a big difference i would say like so after like a two hour run you really start like depleting out of like energy. So you really need to start like replenishing. And so that's when you need to start like eating food and drinking water, which is like, that's like a whole thing in itself is just like kind of learning how to like eat and drink while running. It's like a very different kind of thing. Um, but yeah, bring a, little, bring a little backpack, bring some snacks, have some water, it was good. So what kind of snacks do you have when you run? 
Because I'm assuming you can't really have something substantial. Or else yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> your stomach. Yeah. So um, at that point in time, what you need is you need like quick calories. You don't want like um, you could have some sort of like protein and stuff. But what's like most important is just like having like the calories. So basically like straight sugar is like honestly the best. So there's a lot of specific like sports gels or sports like gummies and stuff like that, which are all essentially just like fancy branded jube jubes. Um, so a lot of people also just like enjoy actually just like having candy or whatever. And everybody kind of has like their own sort of like mantra. Again, I'm just like so new to this world and it's also interesting and crazy to me. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of gummies and they were really yummy and I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> So were you just doing a route that was mapped out by your friends or was this part of an organized New Year's Day run? Yeah, so usually like every year it's an annual like New Year's Day run with like a set route. Um, but then this year just with COVID, you obviously can't have like a big event. So it was still happening, but it was just kind of like everybody starts at like different spots along the route and kind of just like do it at your own time. So that's so fun. Yeah. Do you listen to music or podcasts when you run? Is that effective or, or are you talking with friends? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's that's such a good question because it's a, like a long time. It's a long time to be doing it. Um, yeah, on that one, I like brought my headphones and like my phone and stuff like in case, but I ended up just like chatting with my friend the whole day. I can't say there definitely gets to a point where like you're not running out of things to talk about. Well, you kind of are, but it's also like you get to a point where you're brain is just kind of like mush and you're just kind of like not really having like intelligent thoughts there's like not too much substance to anything you're talking about um so I can't but yeah just like chatting with friends definitely helps pass the time um yeah even on like runs by myself I'm I've done like yeah again say like a two-hour run or something by myself and I'll like listen to like music and podcasts and stuff but I I find running with friends definitely passes the time way more, which is something kind of new to me. Um, yeah, I guess like thinking about it back like at Queens, like when we lived together and stuff, I whenever I'd go for runs, it was always kind of like just by myself. And I was thinking about that. And I think it's like looking back, it's kind of interesting because I think it was like I would spend all day like in class with people like whatever and then say like come back to our house there's like six girls there's probably like four other people there's like 10 people someone's at the kitchen somebody's probably crying someone's like <laughs> yelling at the phone you know that's a very accurate <laughs> then, like, so like running was like my me time you know I'd like go by myself yeah. and it's good um but especially pandemic times when I already spend a lot of alone time I love running with people which I didn't think I would as much because I was I was like oh it's me time it's whatever but it's like yeah. become such like a good social outlet and like things like that as well so that's so interesting I've always felt intimidated by running with people because I don't want them to know how bad of a runner I am in like comparison to them did you ever find that like when you started running with people it was harder to match their pace or did it make you a better runner um, I definitely think there's a bit of like matchmaking with running. I think you need to like have people that like fit your what you want to do and stuff. And I think it's also just like different expectations. Like um, 
like I have one really good friend that uh, actually lives super close to me and we run together probably like four times a week. And I would say like, we're like pretty compatible and everything, but like going into it sometimes it's like, this friend is to like catch up on gossip. And sometimes it's like, these are our like goals and we're gonna like run fast and do this. Um, but yeah, definitely I feel like every time you're like, for me at least like running with a new friend you're like testing it out you're like oh like are we gonna be like compatible like is it gonna be like good yeah it's like dating right oh God, like, like a first date. Like absolutely a first date. bumble for running yeah bumble for running new running buddies absolutely a first date you're like sussing out you're like like are we gonna like vibe is it gonna be good are you like a chatter like are you like what are we doing here like are we pace matching so yeah it's, it's fun though <laughs> So when you ran this ultra marathon, were you concerned about your pace or did you just want to make it to the end? Yeah, definitely. Cause it was like my first time with everything like that. I really didn't want to push it and I didn't want to like go overboard or like get injured or anything like that. So I was definitely not really concerned about that. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely have found myself again this year running a ton more. I have started paying a lot more attention to like my pace and my stats and everything like that, which I never thought I'd be that sort of a person. I was like, I just do it for fun. But now I'm like totally into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, with something like that in the, the first time I was like running that sort of distance, I was at also the fact that I hadn't really trained for it. We were going. For yeah, a, I also just didn't think I would finish it. So we were going for a finishers, but it was kind of interesting. I just the amount that um, I thought I'd be like so slow and it was like slower than a normal run. But um, mm -hmm. for the most part, like, so like taking breaks and taking some walking breaks and that sort of thing aside, the actual running pace, I didn't even actually end up like slowing down that much. It was by the last wow. bit, it was way harder. And I can say I like felt much more terrible, but your yeah. body just kind of like keeps going. And I don't know, it's pretty crazy to see like what your body can do and like how capable it is. That's so cool. Yeah. So how did the whole experience compare to the half marathon you ran? Because I'm assuming you probably did more traditional training for that one. I think a half was something I like knew I could do versus like this. I I genuinely did not believe that I was like capable of it. So that was part that was like really exciting was just surprising myself with what I, what I could do. Um, and then, yeah, I think a lot of things with just like the eating and the taking of break, taking breaks and that sort of thing. So I found it was a totally different experience, but I really enjoyed it and I'm kind of hooked. <laughs> oh my God. So what are your new goals now that you've ran 50K? Um, I don't know. I have a couple of things like cooking, definitely think a couple Ooh. goals, a couple of things I'm thinking about, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to say them out loud because that means I'm locked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to follow up with exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> I'll leave it as a surprise because I, I, I don't want to commit to anything just yet. But yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. So do you find now that you live in Vancouver versus snowy Kingston, Ontario, you're more inclined to be physically active and enjoy the outdoors or Oh, 100%. I think it's like a little bit of like student lifestyle. I'm like, what was I like doing all the time? Because I, I guess I'm still a student now, but I like, I work whatever hours, I like come home, yeah. whatever. Then it's like, I don't know, it's like eight o'clock. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, oh, I'll go for a run tonight. Versus I would never do that at school. I'm like, why didn't I do that? And I'm like, oh, I was probably like going out every night. <laughs> so I think we honestly wasted so much time when I so think about time. it. I'm like, 
How did I like have one class a day and then still like not do any? No idea. <laughs> no idea what I was doing with myself. So yeah, I think it's a combination between like not being in that sort of lifestyle anymore, which is probably overall for the better. Definitely, I would say like being in Vancouver, like it's January and there's nothing on the sidewalks. I don't have to like, I would never run in the winter. I was like not that committed to like running treadmills. I find it really boring. And and then, yeah, it was funny listening to Kate's podcast with like, uh, when you were talking to her and she was like, yeah, like everybody like on the West coast, like it's like their like personality. And I like, I hate it, but it's totally me. <laughs> I'm guilty. I get that stereotype. Yeah. I like, um, I definitely think it's a bit of a lifestyle thing here too. I, so when I was picking what grad schools to go to, someone like gave me a piece of advice and it was like, this is going to be like the most stressful years of your life. You're going to like have so much going on. You're going to like be so like pent up and you're going to like need a way to decompress. And I don't want to say this like for everything, but like, um, at least for me, I think it would have been true that it's like, if I like went to McGill, uh, or something like that, uh, or probably same if I went to like U of T or a lot of these other places, um, my decompression would probably have been like going out and like going to parties and like going to bars and like going to concerts and everything like that, which is like a ton of fun. But like that would have been like my source of decompression. I'm sure there's people that are able to handle it healthier, but <laughs> I think that stereotype might have been true for myself versus if I came to UBC my I would find decompression and like exercise and running and biking they're like you're gonna find something and I was kind of like I don't know like maybe I kind of like sports whatever but like I don't know if I'll be that into it and it's been like five months and I'm like absolutely fitting with stereotype <laughs> yeah you're running an ultra marathon so <laughs> <laughs> basically fit in there so how have you been enjoying grad school especially now that it's during a pandemic but I know you've been going into the lab what has your experience been like yeah I feel like it's been a whirlwind yeah I just feel like there's so much going on and so much opportunity and so much to learn and I've been trying to take advantage of all that that I can but a lot of it is also just kind of like trying to stay afloat um but yeah I think during a pandemic it's been interesting I feel like in a lot of ways I'm getting a relatively normal experience which I like feel kind of bad about because I know there's so many people that are having such tough times and different things and I get to go into the lab I probably go in like four days a week so I do that I like get to see like my co-workers it's all like lots of regulations and um controls about like COVID which is kind of weird but um feel lucky that I get to do that at all the biggest thing is probably uh just online courses I'm just in uh, two courses a semester, um, but those are online. So in that aspect, I haven't really like made any new friends in the program outside of my lab, but luckily I kind of have like a pretty big lab and have been able to like make a lot of friends and stuff within that. So it's been, been pretty interesting. Yeah. So you're in chem. So is there a lot of students who are doing their masters in chemistry and then you kind of take the classes together or um, is it more like focus with what your, I guess, thesis? Yeah. Uh, so overall, so you have like your thesis or your like research topic, whatever. Um, and then you take, yeah, over the course of my like whole PhD, I only have to take four courses. Um, so mm -hmm. I was like, and she's gonna be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I don't want to say out loud because I don't want to be committed to, um, 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> that one I'm a little bit more locked into. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's the courses are like within everybody. I would say like in the chemistry department, but not everybody takes the same courses. Like, um, yeah. One of my courses there was I don't know like ten people in it, and it's just kind of like it's a range of people in chemistry. We had people from like chemical engineering or some like other disciplines that just kind of like have overlap with those topics. So um, yeah, usually you'd meet like other people that were also like grad students in chemistry, like through those courses that are just in different uh, research labs. That's awesome. Being a woman in STEM, look at you go. Have you found that stereotype pre- prevalent in postgrad? Because most of the people I know in sciences who are doing postgrad are women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I This is also one of my favorite topics. I definitely feel like I've, I entered STEM a little bit naive being like, I don't get what this whole thing about women in STEM is like, like, yeah, like, of course women are in STEM. Like, what's the big deal? Like, I don't think we're oppressed anymore. Blah, blah. That was absolutely my attitude going into it. And yeah. I think, I think I felt a lot less of it in undergrad. I think that's also being in chemistry, which is, has more females overall. Um, so like chemistry, biology versus like physics engineering yeah, exactly um, yeah. so chemistry is one of like the ones that's closer to parity so you don't feel it as strongly but um going on internship was like a very interesting experience and kind of like seeing some of those dynamics and then I think I see it a lot more in post-grad just when you kind of get into the get into the different dynamics so um yeah I'd say like there's still a lot of like female grad students, female chem grad students. But then again, just like when you keep looking and you, the higher and higher you go and different like mentorship levels and different things. And um, yeah, a lot of kind of interesting dynamics and interesting biases, I feel like kind of start to come out. So it's it's always interesting and it's something I really care about and it's something that really affects me really greatly. So um yeah. Have you <laughs> had any female mentors in chemistry or are you a mentor for other women? Um, most of my mentors have ended up being males, which I'm a person that usually I, I feel like I resonate more with females. I feel like I like have a lot of girlfriends more than guy friends. I feel like I have a lot of like better relationships with women overall. Um, but most of my mentors have ended up being males, which is just kind of interesting. And it's like, is that a coincidence? Is that whatever? Who knows? But along the way, it's been less like official mentors and stuff and more just kind of like, um, I have been able to find along the way, like other like women or I, I want to say girls, but they're women. They're older than me, no. um, people, but more people like a couple years ahead of me or something like that, that I look up to and kind of yeah. emulate and kind of, so I have found those sorts of role models, but less like kind of formal mentorship, I would say. Um, yeah, as for the other question, I think that's something I want to be more involved in because I think it's something I care a lot and I'm very passionate about. Um, yeah. And I found some ways to, uh, do that during undergrad but I feel like I've totally been like the just caught up in myself and haven't been spending the time to be like doing as much since this past year just kind of getting settled in grad school but um, yeah I think that's so important the 
female mentorship and be able to like pass that on to other people because I know that's something that's been so influential like in my life so I want to pass that along if I can <laughs> well any any listeners hit on that <laughs> absolutely um, what's the best advice that you've received from some of your mentors whether male or female hmm that is such a good question <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a specific piece of advice, but I think the general sentiments um, are always kind of like the things I need to improve on is always like the confidence thing, which is such a common trope. And it's again, such like a the imposter syndrome is real. I absolutely probably like I would say once a week I'm like, am I smart enough to be doing this? Like, are you sure? Did someone make a mistake? Yes, you are. Um, no, no one did. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Like, and I know I hate that I like, yeah, I don't know. I hate that I need that reassurance and I hate that I like have all those thoughts and stuff. But um, yeah, I would say it's like so much of it is just the confidence. That's not really, that didn't really answer your question about like what piece of advice from mentors. But I think, um I think just realizing how far that can get you is like a pretty a pretty powerful tool. So, so do you know where you kind of want to take your research and where you see yourself five or ten years? I think right now I'm doing the thing where I'm following my interests and following what feels good, which yeah, so I what I'm really interested in researching and is basically like clean energy and going more in the sustainability route. Basically, I want to research and find cleaner and greener ways to do chemistry. And that's what I really care about. And I find it like super motivating. I find it um, so interesting and I find I care so much about it. So it's like really easy to stay motivated. In terms of sustainability, how do you incorporate that in your daily life? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have a, I have a hard time with, uh, yeah, thinking about incorporating sustainability because I find I could be a bit of a cynic and the more I learn about it and the more, say, I'm like involved in industries and stuff, the more cynical I am about like an individual's ability to impact at a global scale, which I know is not the right attitude and I still do things personally, but I absolutely have those thoughts that I'm like, this doesn't even matter if like we don't fix these like large scale processes. Um, but yeah, but uh, for myself eating vegetarian that's something I consciously do for sustainability and then my other big thing is thrifting clothes I started doing that I've always like liked it and whatever um but I started to be a lot more conscious about fast fashion and just like fashion industry in general and how harmful it can actually be um and so last year so 2020 I tried putting myself I'm not usually a new year's resolution person but I did a bit of a challenge and I was like I wonder if I can go a year without buying new clothes so other than yeah a couple of workout things and then some pairs of shoes I did it super successfully and honestly it was so much fun find good clothes what what are your thrifty yeah. well for how to be stylish <laughs> and on trend I don't think I can be one to speak to that I don't think I've ever been really one that is exactly I think person. you're very oh, stylish thank you. you you are very stylish you have a really good sense of style wow thanks 
<laughs> Such a compliment coming from you. Um, yeah, I guess I think I think what makes it better is a couple things. Is a you can't really go out searching for uh, high waisted white paper bag pants. You just find them, you know. So you can like maybe go out like trying to find a pair of pants. But I think like. I at least have a hard time looking for something super specific. So I think in general, just like kind of being open to like, maybe I want a sweater and then just being pretty like open-minded versus like being really specific. Like I want like a tight blue turtleneck that is like this shade. I think that's a lot harder and can be a lot more frustrating. Um, secondly, at least for myself, um, that also probably just goes with like the clothes I like wearing, but like just wearing everything oversized is just so much easier to, <laughs> rather than trying to find things that like fit perfectly. Cause that can be such a tough thing is like, especially, um, yeah, to, like depending on where you're looking and different brands and everything like fits kind of differently. And like, you might luck out and find something, um, that fits you perfectly, but like more often than not, it's going to be just like whatever happens to be there. So I think, at least for me, that makes it easier that I like the oversized kind of style of a lot of things because then that just like kind of gives you a lot of more options. And then also, yeah, not just like looking in like the small section, but you can look in like all the different sections. And I think you do have to be a little bit like, you look at something like recently I bought this like big red blouse, which was like kind of fun. It had these like awful shoulder pads in it, but then I like cut the shoulder pads out of it and then you like do whatever and you like tie it up at the front and it like, so I think, yeah, also just like trying to be creative with how you wear things. Um, and then the last thing for me is just patience. Like I have to be in the right mood and I have to be like, I am willing to spend the time and look at every item on this rack and do that and like think about them and do some planning and strategize rather than just being like, oh, I just like have a minute. I'm just gonna like pop in real quick. <laughs> Look, so what are your favorite vintage or thrift stores in Vancouver? Um, okay, so on Main Street, there's a couple good ones. Those ones are more like curated. Uh, one of them is called yeah. the Main Exchange. And that one I actually find a lot of uh, really great things. Like for example, I. Um, have lucked out things that you can't wear oversized like say like jeans that actually fit properly I found a lot of good luck there um, dream. <laughs> um, but yeah main exchange and front and company those are two pretty good like more curated ones those are both on main street and then when you kind of keep going down main street um, there's some more those ones are more like vintage I would say than thrift and you know the kind of ones like a lot of 70s yeah. clothes I was like going into those ones those ones are pretty fun um, and then near closer to where I live on West Broadway there's an SPCA thrift store. So all the proceeds go to SPCA and it is absolutely not curated. And it's like a little bit of like a hit or miss, but I found some like really great things there. And those ones are, um, it's super reasonably priced. And that one takes a bit more. You have to like go in and like be ready to dig and look at everything and see what they have, but you can definitely find some really good stuff there. So those are some of my favorites. <laughs> I love those kinds of stores because when you do find something, it feels like such a treasure. Oh, absolutely. I think when I first started thrifting, I really liked the curated stores and everything because I was like, oh, like whatever. And now that I'm more into it, I'm like, oh, why would I go there if I can like find it somewhere else? And I absolutely am loving way more like the thrill of, yeah, it's just so much more exciting to find something, a, a diamond in the rough. <laughs> 
What, so what are your favorite pieces that you've thrifted so far? Um, yeah, I have these pair of like kind of wide-legged black jeans from the main exchange. Those ones, and they just like fit so wonderfully. That's, those are one of my favorites. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the interview. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can my lovely listeners find you should they ever want to reach out for uh, STEM mentorship or thrifting tips? Or um, maybe as your running partner now that running dating is um, Yeah, I guess on Instagram, I think it's underscore that Lesage. So N-A-T-L-E-S-A-G-E. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. <laughs> Yay. Thanks so much for having me on. This was so fun. for listening don't forget to subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you listen on we post new episodes every wednesday and remember to follow us on instagram at live from my bedroom pod signing off from my bedroom in toronto have a good one